Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back everyone. Featuring on today's episode is award-winning hypnobirthing practitioner and mother of two, Shari from Belly to Birth. Initially fearful of birth, she found herself being pulled to hypnobirthing and decided that despite the financial pressure at the time, completing a course was a non-negotiable. She describes the birth of her son as a huge awakening, transforming her in every way and the experience that guided her to her calling, educating and supporting mothers on their own journey using hypnobirth. Shari shares how the technique she learned through her craft facilitated her to have two powerful births and why she is so passionate about helping other women fulfill their own positive birth experience. Enjoy today's episode. Hi Shari, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi Sky, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to share about hypnobirthing and my own experiences with using the techniques myself. Yes, I cannot wait. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I live on the Gold Coast in Australia. I am a Hypnobirthing Australia practitioner and I've been teaching hypnobirthing and childbirth education classes to couples from all over the world now actually for over eight years. Um, I have two beautiful children and we are on school holidays at the moment so I'm hoping that they will do as I ask (laughs) and give me an hour to chat with you. I'm sure they'll be fine. yeah, so Harley's 10 now and my daughter Talia is 7. So they were – well, Harley was definitely my life-changing rite of passage that I went through and was a huge life lesson for me in, I guess, the power of my body. And it was through his birth that totally transformed me as a person, a woman. I mean, that's what you know, birth does and becoming a mother does, but – he was really the lesson in my life that brought me into the path that I'm now living in, sharing these amazing techniques that I use personally in my own birth to, to couples from all around the world. So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Amazing. And so with Harley's birth, was there anything that you did in preparation for that to sort of help set you up for that transformative experience you had? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I was, to be honest, when I first found out I was pregnant with Harley, I was terrified. Um, he, We did not plan Harley, um, so it was a bit of a surprise. Um, we had just been traveling around Australia, oh, sorry, not Australia, the world. We'd been backpacking for four years, um, living this amazing, fun life and came home to have the plan of getting married, buying the house, then settling down and have a, having a baby. And we kind of did it all backwards and fell pregnant within three months of getting home. So I didn't really have any mental preparation for becoming a mum because I didn't feel at that time in my life, I was ready. It wasn't in my plans, but it was definitely his plan. So, yeah. and he's like that in life. I have to kind of go with <laughs> his plan in a way because he's he's very um, strong in that way. And I, yeah. So when I first found out I was pregnant, it was just a, a huge shock. It, not to say that I was upset with being pregnant. I just it felt I was just thrown in this deep end because. We were living with my mum and dad. We had literally no money from traveling. We didn't even have our own house. Like it was very overwhelming with the thought of having to bring a baby into the world and figure it all out. Mm -hmm. But we did. Um, but it it really brought up a lot for me, I think, around the fears I had around birth because of how I had heard my own birth story. Um, I personally was I was born via emergency cesarean and m my mother was put under a general anesthetic and apparently my 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 sorry my father passed out so <gasps> neither of my yeah neither of my parents were conscious when I came into the world oh, and holy hell that's crazy yeah it, I've done a lot of I've done regression work and it's actually been really coming up for me the last 12 months um I I have yeah, my beautiful girlfriend, Nicola Lay, who is a breath coach and through the breath, I've kind of regressed into my own birth and um, there was a lot of trauma um, I felt I experienced as a baby and when I had Harley, I didn't recognise that trauma as such but I recognised it as these this fear of my body's ability to birth because my own mother couldn't birth me naturally. So... Yeah. But there was, and this is where I kind of talk about my birth as this um, awakening. It was a huge awakening for me as a woman being in power of my own experience and my body. But I've realized very quickly that I knew nothing about birth. I knew nothing about the medical system. I didn't know any options. So therefore, I didn't have any options. And honestly, it hypnobirthing actually found me. I did not go searching for a childbirth education class. I did not go searching for hypnobirthing. I'd never heard about hypnobirthing before and I'd never done hypnosis. So it was not really in my line of sight that mm -hmm. I was I was drawn to hypnobirthing. It presented itself to me numerous times and was literally just thrown in front of me. And I, I couldn't ignore it, basically. And that's when I had to look into it so I could understand it a little bit more. But basically, yeah, the, it was the Hypnobirthing Australia program that changed my life and changed my whole perception of birth. Um, and I was able to have a very empowering birth um, mm -hmm. without the fear that was crippling me when I first found out I was pregnant. Yeah, okay. It 
Yeah, I worked at a health retreat um, at like in the hinterland of, of the Gold Coast. And so I was surrounded by more alternative practitioners. And when they saw I was pregnant um, and I was expressing how much I was scared about birth and scared about the pain, but I also had this huge fear of needles. So I was in this predicament of going, well, I don't want to go through the pain of birth, but the thought of having that epidural also caused me a lot of anxiety. And then the thought of a cesarean was even more like to think that I would be awake whilst they cut me open. That's That was how I thought. Mm. And this practitioner said, have you ever heard about hypnobirthing? And I was like, no. And I go, it sounds a little bit weird and a bit woo-woo. She's like, no, no, it's because like 10 years ago, it was nowhere near as popular as it is now. And I kind of laughed. I was like, oh yeah, okay. Because, you know, everyone wants to give you their opinions and advice when you're pregnant. Um, And I kind of just left it and fobbed it off. And Literally within a week, I then had another person mention hypnobirthing to me. So when I say like it was brought to me, I did not go searching for it. It was like the universe going, hello, hello, yes, (laughs) you're not listening. So I then went home and I Googled hypnobirthing and I found um, the Hypnobirthing Australia website and started to just read through the content on the website and get to understand it more because I think like many people I had brushed it off as this no I'm not gonna let someone hypnotize me during birth like that's not gonna happen mm-hmm. you know and because that was my understanding when you hear something like that you it that's different you perceive it as being something alternative and woo-woo and you know that was not the person that I was um and then the more I actually read into what the philosophy of hypnobirthing was and then actually reading other women's birth stories because we didn't have podcasts like you know you're sharing with beautiful birth stories and women sharing their experiences and hearing the emotion in their voices it was all through reading these birth stories on the Hypnobirthing Australia website that that's what changed my perception of it because when I could actually in some ways see some proof that, okay, there was something maybe in this and it actually made me start to question about what I really wanted for my own experience and I don't think I'd ever done that because no one really asks you as a new mother what you want for your birth always seems as though people dictate to you you know you go to your GP you're told to then go and see the hospital you go and see an obstetrician and it's just you're told what to do all along the way and no one ever actually stops and actually says what would you like for this experience what does this mean to you and that's what I started to question myself what did I want what did this mean for me and it really brought me into a, um, I can't even really explain it. it. It's like this intuitive, I don't know, it's there. It's there in all of us, this intuition, this inner knowing, but it's just every the noise outside of you mm-hmm. tends to silence that inner knowing. And I really, this inner voice was screaming at me going like, you are not flawed. You just need to learn how to birth. Yeah. And I, and like I said, it was just this inner calling and the universe kind of putting these things in front of me that I had to listen. Yeah, wow. 
gives me goosebumps. I love when people find their calling. It's so powerful. Yeah. So before we jump into your birth stories, for the listeners that don't know, what actually is hypnobirthing? <laughs> Part of me wishes it wasn't actually called hypnobirthing yeah. because I, the word itself will turn people off. Yeah. I don't know why, like I do know why, but I don't understand why they still don't understand what hypnosis is. And I think that's the big thing, right? People are scared of things that they don't know. And there is a big conditioning, again, through the media or even through religion has actually played a really big part in putting a bad spin on hypnosis, that it's some kind of mind control, that someone has the ability to control your mind and make you do things that are not what you would normally do, which is actually not true in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. So it it basically, hypnobirthing, the hypno part of hypnobirthing, it does stand for hypnosis, but it's a self-hypnosis. And what a lot of people don't realize is that we go in and out of hypnosis many times during the day and they probably don't even recognize that they do. So basically from what I teach and understand that the definition of hypnosis is where we are in a state or condition where we do become highly responsive to suggestions, but it's where we have a concentration on a single idea with the exclusion of all other thoughts. So hypnobirthing means that these well, mums, we can bring ourselves into a state of focus during our birth mm-hmm. and we can choose what we focus on. And so within the program that I teach, um, there are many hypnobirthing programs and there are variations of hypnobirthing programs out there. Um, so I do recommend make sure you do your research. I teach the Hypnobirthing Australia program uh, or Hypnobubs. Um, that's our international brand. And what we're really about in regards to a childbirth education program is getting you to understand the physiology of birth, understanding your body, the mind-body connection, and then giving you tools and techniques that you can focus on during your labor and birth to help you get through those strong sensations that come with with having a baby because we are, we tend to be conditioned in a in our western culture to fear birth yeah. and so where our focus goes that's where the energy will flow so if we're just going into our birth terrified of the pain of um intervention of not being in control of having things done to us then in birth, if we focus on pain, 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 that's all our experience is going to be. Whereas in the program I teach, I teach techniques that include breath work, relaxation techniques, visualization, um, movement. I love teaching my parents about how to work with their body through birth. So in my classes, I get them up and I get them moving in different positions and I get them breathing in the movement. So it's not just that they're sitting in my class looking at my projector screen. They are actually physically doing and learning and implementing the techniques when they learn from me Mm -hmm. because that's how we remember things. So, yeah, basically (laughs) hypnobirthing is, is a childbirth education program to help you reduce or remove your fear and anxiety that you've been conditioned to believe about birth Mm -hmm. and give you 
tools and techniques to help you have a positive birth. And that's, that's what it, that's all I want for every woman. And that does not mean that it, our program is called the positive birth program. It's not called the natural birth program. It's not called the vaginal drug free birth program. I, some people believe that or, and maybe some other programs do teach it this way. Like I said, there are other variations of hypnobirthing, but hypnobirth, the Hypnobirthing Australia program is not just about you having a drug-free vaginal birth. It's about you feeling empowered to make decisions that are right for you and for your baby with the options that you are are given as well as other options you know are there because a lot of parents approach their birth with doing no education, with little support. And so they go in and when we birth in our current medical system, if you don't know your options, you don't have any, and they will take you along that pathway where they will control the outcomes. Yeah. And that outcome may end up in the kind of experience that is not what you were ever prepared or expecting and you can come up, come out feeling traumatized. Yeah. And so my goal and my purpose in life at the moment is to share as much information with my clients and I share about induction of labor, I share about cesarean birth, I give them techniques that they can use for an epidural with syntocin and in a cesarean that they can empower themselves to stay calm and focused Mm -hmm. to come out of that experience feeling positive. Do you want the very best for your precious one's delicate skin? Well, look no further than What Not Naturals. They're extending a very generous 15% discount on their products with the code PBA2023 to celebrate the launch of their all new baby skincare range. Whatnot's baby skincare collection is the only brand in Australia with certified organic aloe vera as the star ingredient. And with their eco-friendly refill pouches, Whatnot is dedicated to products that benefit your baby and our planet. So take a stride towards gentle, natural skincare today and experience the Whatnot difference. Head to the link in the show notes or www.whatnot.com.au or find them on Instagram at Whatnot Naturals. Your baby skin will thank you. So for the women that were choosing to birth within the hospital, there would be a big focus on navigating the system for them? I think there has to be. Yeah, there there is. Yeah. And like we we in Australia, we are very lucky to have the the model and level of care that we do. However, we need to understand that in our western culture, Natural, vaginal, physiological, undisturbed birth is not considered normal. Mm. If you were to say to, if you were pregnant and you were to say to, to a friend, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go for the epidural, most of the time people go, oh, yep, okay, or I'm just going to book in for a cesarean. They go, okay, yep. You, you say to someone you want to have a drug-free natural birth and you are looked at as crazy. Yeah, so true. Or then you are, you know, given unsolicited advice from people because of their own experience because they weren't prepared. Yeah. And so it can be very hard for women these days to have the confidence in their body's ability to birth because they are not surrounded by many people who have had a physiological birth. Mm-hmm because intervention in our Western culture has become a normal part of birth. And it's not to say that it's not needed. There is always a time and place for medical intervention. 
But when you actually hear the current statistics of hospitals and their induction and cesarean rates, we need to start asking questions as to why we have one of the highest induction cesarean rates in the world. Mm. It's There's something wrong with that. Mm. But we're not surrounded by it. I mean, look how we see birth in the movies, yeah. how we, we are surrounded by stories and what we see is what we believe, right? So, um, yeah, I really want to help share as much information as possible to give women an opportunity to be able to work with their medical caregivers as the driver of their experience, not a passenger. Yeah. Because if you go in and you're not educated and you become a passenger, you will be let, led down the intervention route. Yeah. And so for the women that are choosing home birth, can they yeah. still benefit from your course? Oh, absolutely. I Yeah, I birthed my son um, at the Gold Coast Hospital mm-hmm. and I ended up having a home birth with my daughter and my home birth with her was the most beautiful, euphoric, empowering moment of my life and yeah, absolutely. Hypnobirthing and home birth are very um, complementary mm-hmm. to, to each other, especially because with home birth, you don't have the option to have the epidural if you want it, like, you know, straight away. So you need – and many home birth mums prepare themselves very mentally and physically f- for that because they know it won't be an option for them. And that's where the hypnobirthing techniques can definitely help. Yeah, Perfect. So coming back to your birth with Harley, after your hypnobirthing course, what were some of the choices that you made? So, yeah, so I I then heard about the birth centre um, at the Gold Coast Hospital. This is the old Gold Coast Hospital, um, not the new university hospital. And I thought I was too late because, um, I mean, even now you, you have to, as soon as you weigh on that pregnancy stick, you have to call them to get on their wait list. Mm-hmm. Um but I applied and I would have actually, I would have probably been about 15 weeks and I applied and I was, um, I was actually accepted. So that was, that was amazing. And then I did the hypnobirthing course and my midwife was very supportive within the birth center. Again, they're very much about natural, you know, more of a natural approach to birth that you couldn't just ask for the epidural. If you wanted that, you were not really meant to be in that program that then you'd have to transfer to the normal labor and delivery ward. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was very, very um, supportive of that. She was an English midwife actually. And I think they too, in, they have a very different model of care over in England. They support home birth and everything over there through their public system. So she was very much like, yeah, sure, I'm going to support you in, in whatever you want. So, yeah, the birth centre and then the I did the Hypnobirthing Australia program and I really committed to doing the work and I did the practice because I wanted to avoid that epidural or needle as much as I could um, and it it definitely paid off. I'm not saying there weren't times where I did actually ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was right at the end. And that was when I was going through transition, which is very common. And I didn't realize it. But this is what I love about hypnobirthing is because it not only teaches us as the mother, it teaches our birth partner. So my husband, who, again, 
had no idea about birth, knew nothing about birth. I mean, he was very much like, do we really need to do this course? Like, is this something you really need? Because it it was like $500 back 10 years ago. Yeah. And he's like, we've got no money. Do you, Are you sure you, like, can you just not go to the hospital classes? <laughs> and I was like, I did everything to, um, like, for me personally, because we didn't have much money, this to me was a priority and this was important to me. The cot, the pram, all the material stuff was not as important to me. So I went looking for secondhand stuff Mm -hmm. so I could actually pay to do my hypnobirthing course. And it was the best investment I've ever made. And you described that birth as being a transformative experience for you. Do you Mm -hmm. want to take us through that birth? Yeah, so I I went into labor spontaneously at 39 weeks, which I was not expecting. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, we we just actually bought a home and I was we were I was 37 weeks when we settled on this house that we bought in Currumbin mm-hmm. and we moved in and I think cuz I was just so busy with like getting everything ready for the house and I wanted to get settled in then I actually was able to finally relax and go, oh, yes, now I can actually enjoy maternity leave. And then I went into labor. So, yeah, I had literally had no no downtime. It didn't feel like. But I went into my surges started like a cramping sensation. It was about 6 p.m. on a Saturday night. Um, my husband was out with some friends and I kind of texted him and said, look, can you just like not get home too late? And he came home and I was like, well, let's just go to bed. Um, because I knew that the first phase of labor could be long. And so we went went to bed and I was having surges maybe every 20 minutes, but they were very mild. They weren't, you know, I'd kind of fall asleep and then I'd wake up to it and I'd had my hypnobirthing tracks on. Um, then I labored all day Sunday um, as well. But this is this was one thing I guess that has kind of changed with the hypnobirthing program is that the hypnobirthing program I did 10 years ago was very much focused on the meditation, the breath work, and like the relaxation and visualization. It did not incorporate any movement techniques. Mm-hmm. So on the Sunday, I pretty much stayed in bed. I was very relaxed. I was in my zone. I was breathing through my surges, but they were still quite spaced out. And this went on all day. And when I reflect back now, I realize that I wasn't helping my baby move through the pelvis with gravity because I wasn't up and I wasn't moving around. Like I didn't have a fit ball or anything like that. Like I tell my my parents to to get and we do all of these techniques in my classes now on the ball and standing. Mm -hmm. And so I reflect back and go, yeah, my labor was long, but it was probably long because I actually wasn't working with my body, even though I was totally relaxed. But you know, you don't know what you don't know. So I just was very chilled out. It then started to pick up around about, it would have been about nine o'clock at night. And so we made, we called my midwife and it was her night off. She, her phone then got forwarded to the next midwife in her team. And that midwife answered and said, I'm sorry, Shari, you're just going to have to go to the normal labor ward. Mm -hmm. I've already worked my 12 hour quota I cannot support you in this birth and I was just had this moment of going this is not the plan like you know even the plan b was not 
going through with with the backup midwife from the birth center. So it basically said I can't birth in the birth center anymore. So I mean back back then I think there was only two or three groups, whereas now there's it's quite large. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a little bit of a moment, and my husband said, you know, kind of calmed me down. And said, look, it is what it is. We'll be fine. I'll call the normal like the maternity ward and we'll just ask them if we can still use the birth center room because it was on the same floor but up the other end of the hospital or like that that floor and so he called them and I got on the phone to a midwife and by that time my surges were coming every like two or maybe three four minutes and they were lasting almost a minute and I just said, look, can we just use the birth center room? That's where I had all of my antenatal appointments. I'd, you know, got to know the space. And this midwife said, actually, we're we're having a really busy night and we don't have any birth suites available. So, yes, you can use the birth center room. Nice. So that was a bit of a relief that I was able to still use the room that I was hoping to birth in. But then she said, but you can't have the water birth. And I was like, oh, okay all right, it is what it is. Like I couldn't change anything. And and that's, that's the thing with birth, right? You've got to be yeah. prepared for whatever turn your birthing takes. And like, yeah. honestly, couldn't birth in water. It wasn't the end of the world, but they still let me use the pool for water immersion. So I got into the hospital. Um, I was told I had to have a vaginal examination, which now again, I reflect back on and wish I didn't because I hated the vaginal examinations. Yeah. Um, and this is also something that I'm super passionate about sharing in my classes is getting my parents to understand that you do have options and nothing should be said to us in a way saying that, well, we have to examine you because it just shouldn't be you know, presented to us in that way. Mm-hmm. So I just I did what I was told because the way she said it to me was, okay, I'm just going to have to check you now as I just need to see how far along you are. And so I laid down on the bed and I was almost screaming at her to get out because for me it was so painful. And I, I asked her to stop because I was having a surge and she basically said, nope, sorry, I can't stop now. And she continued to do the vaginal examination on me and then pulled her hand out and said, no, oh, you're, you're about four or five centimeters. So you can stay like that. That was how I was spoken to. So it was a bit like one, this was a midwife I'd never met before. So there was no relationship there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just, there was no like encouragement. There was no, it was just like, yeah, you're about five centimeters. So look, you're allowed to stay because this is active labor. So I was relieved about that. And they let she let me use the pool for water immersion. So I got in the pool and then she kind of left. Like they must have been busy because this midwife was hardly in the room, which kind of suited me in the end. I'm kind of glad she wasn't in there you know, that much. <laughs> she just kind of left Damien and I. She'd come in, get the Doppler, do the check of the heartbeat, and then she'd leave again. There was, yeah, it was. Um, A blessing in disguise. It, it was, yeah, because whenever she was there, there were things that kind of, happened that maybe could have happened differently if it was my own midwife but anyway um and so I labored in the water for a little bit and it then the the water went cold because they didn't top it up with any hot water and so I got out and then that's when I started to go through transition and that for me was uh, like many women the most intense part of my labor and I was 
physically feeling nauseous. I wanted to vomit. I was shaking. I was like hot one minute and cold the next. I just was quivering. I this was the moment I said to my husband, I can't do this anymore. Like I need something, get me the drugs. And the midwife's like, well, I'll go get you some morphine. Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, apparently was shooing her away, telling her, no, like get out, go mm-hmm. away. You're not giving her anything. Um, and that's where he really stepped up for me is my, you know, my birth partner and mm-hmm. advocated for me, even though I was asking for it, he knew through doing the hypnobirthing and having extensive conversations about what we wanted, that I wanted to avoid the drugs as much as I could. And that's when he came in close and was that coach that I needed to bring me back into the breath because hands down the best technique for, I guess, most women that they get out of the hypnobirthing is the breath work and understanding how to use your breath to come into a focus and calm your nervous system down and just get through the, you know, the pain that comes with those contractions. Because again, hypnobirthing does not promise any pain-free birth or anything like that. It's just giving you these techniques to push you through those intense sensations. And then I started to get this urge to bear down and that's when my waters broke. So my membrane stayed intact right through to the end um, until I started to push. And then I flipped myself over on all fours because I that was the most comfortable position I was in. Um, I was trying to breathe him down, I think, for about 45 minutes. Um, and, yeah, he emerged and I just remember – my husband receiving him and the first thing I did was like look at him and I just I the first thing I said was oh my god I did it because I think that there was just this even though you do all this practice and all this work there's there's still that doubt in in yourself in a little way so and yeah I um I had like there were a few things through the pushing stage that I wasn't happy with my midwife did kind of sternly speak to me in a way of um, making me hold my breath while I pushed whereas I wanted to breathe him down because that's what I had learned and she kept telling me no you're doing it wrong hold your breath and push and so but anyway it was again not the worst thing in the world but it was, there was this my if it was my own my midwife that I knew that wouldn't yeah. have happened but when you're in it, it's really hard to advocate for yourself when, you, when you're trying to push your baby out. Um, but, yeah, after I had him, I, um, yeah, laid back. We had skin to skin. It was really beautiful. Um, again, this was another moment in my birth that I reflect on that I now also am very passionate about teaching about um, when it came to birthing the placenta because – I actually did have all my preferences that I wanted to have a physiological third stage and birth my placenta naturally. You know, I'd had the natural birth. I knew that this was an option for me. And I said to my midwife whilst I was I was having skin to skin with Harley that I wanted to birth my placenta naturally. And she snapped at me and she said, I don't have time to wait for your placenta wow. and injected the needle of syntocin and into my leg wow. and did active management um, without wow. my consent. So again, it's really kind of hard when you're a first time mum that you don't realize in that moment that that is so wrong and that was malpractice because it's just the way that things are said to you is so like, this is what we do. Mm. This is what happens in birth. The vaginal examinations, I have to do it. You know, that there was no 
asking me if I was okay with it. It was just expected of me to lay back and have her do the vaginal examination. Yeah. Same then with the pushing and then same with, with birthing the placenta. And I look back and that's not what I, what I like to focus on in my birth because I did do it and I did have an amazing birth. I did it without the drugs and that I was so proud of myself and, It wasn't until really years later that I became a practitioner that I actually reflected back on these things that happened to me that then I became quite angry about because I didn't so wrong until I learned more. And that's why then it totally changed me again in how I wanted to birth my second baby and that was at home in the comfort of my home with a known midwife who I did pay a lot of money to make sure that she Mm -hmm. was there and I had no vaginal examinations. I birthed my placenta naturally. I, it was amazing. And everything that I wanted to happen happened in that birth. Yeah. And so was there anyone around you that had given birth at home that you could kind of, you know, pull inspiration from? No, not. Well, not for my first. Definitely not. Mm. I would have never considered it for my first because I didn't know about it. And I probably wouldn't have felt safe just because, again, of the social conditioning of you birth in the hospital, you know. Um, It it wasn't – so I fell pregnant with Talia when Harley was about two. We started trying and um, we fell pregnant on the first month of trying and – I lived in central Queensland by then. My husband had to move there for work, so we moved up whilst Harley was young and I lived in Gladstone and there were no home birth midwives up there. Mm-hmm. But I was so adamant and refu- there was no way I was going to birth in, Glad- in Gladstone-based hospital. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so I went to some home birth meets up there that I'd heard about and one of the midwives from the, the base hospital was – um, in the process of becoming a private midwife mm-hmm. and she was there and she herself was a home birth mother um, and, and a midwife at the hospital and I pretty much begged her. I said, I know that you're not, you know, you're not, you haven't launched your business or anything yet, but please I will do anything and pay you whatever you want to have this experience because this I I personally didn't feel comfortable with free birthing yeah. um, and that's what women would do up there because there was no one to support them. Um, and so I think with my history and the kind of birth that I had and that I taught hypnobirthing, she, um, yeah, she agreed. So she was all covered in everything. Um, she just wasn't, um, like she wasn't an endorsed midwife, so I couldn't claim any prenatal or postnatal visits. It was like many of the home birth midwives, not all, but have that as an option. And then you pay for the, the birth itself. So yeah, I was very, once again, very lucky and, yeah, the universe definitely helped me out there. Absolutely. And so you said by this stage you were actively teaching hypnobirthing classes? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I um, After I had Harley, I walked away from that experience just going like every woman and partner needs to learn these techniques and be given an option to mm. have this kind of an experience. Um, but it took me a few years um, and to work through like the ego talking to me saying, you know, who's going to want to learn from you? You're not a midwife. You know, you're not a doctor. But again, it just kept coming up for me that this was something that I had to do. And so I ended up training in the American program, in the Mongan method, and I flew down to Brisbane to do the training. And I remember I was the only 
mum in the training, all the rest of them were midwives or already a doula. And I felt so out of my, like out of my league and out of my comfort zone. But I was like, you know what? There was no hypnobirthing practitioners at all in Gladstone. And I wanted to kind of bring that to the area because there were a lot of young, well, couples moving there and starting their families whilst the husbands worked and earned good money working on uh, like building the gas plants up there. So I, yeah, I'd kind of pushed through. But then as soon as I did my training with them, Melissa Spilstead, who's the director of Hypnobirthing Australia, um, basically pulled away and created her own Australian program and was starting to teach while she was advertising to teach practitioners. And I knew I wanted to teach her program because she taught me hypnobirthing. So I jumped on and I was in her first group of practitioners back in 2013 and then my daughter was born. So that was June 2013. And then my daughter was born in the March, March 2014. Yeah, nice. And did you help heaps of women up there? I did, yeah. I, it was awesome. I would travel to Rockhampton. I taught up in Rockhampton, from Rockhampton down to Bundaberg. Um, so it was, that's a big, ex- expansive area. And I did do a lot of travel, but it was something I was willing to do. And, yeah, I built a beautiful business for myself up there um, and name for myself and I helped petition to bring water birth to um, central Queensland so we got the policy written up and now they offer water birth in Gladstone so that was really yeah um, I held pregnancy expos and everything up there so it was really it was it was a beautiful time and it was a beautiful lead-in to me becoming a practitioner because I was in an area where there wasn't anyone else, mm-hmm. um, and but then I moved back to the Gold Coast um, in 2017 and tried to keep flying up there, but it just got too hard, and so I decided to launch my belly-to-birth business, business Sorry, on the Gold Coast at the end of 2017, so I've been teaching down here since then. And people can access your courses online now, can't they? They don't actually have to live on the Gold Coast to do a course through you, is that right? No, yeah, since last year and since since COVID, I like I, predominantly I was just offering uh, weekend classes and some midweek classes on the Gold Coast, um, Central Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. And then when I had to take my classes online, um, because of the following that I had on Instagram, I th- had all of these women going, I see you doing it online. Can I can I book in if I'm not from the Gold Coast? And I was like, well, yeah, absolutely. And so I started to promote the online and it has gone off. It's gone off for me. So every month now I teach an online course and I have couples from all over Australia. I have taught um, couples in the UK, in Sweden, in Hong Kong. I think I've I've got a class starting next week. I've got two couples from New Zealand. I've taught couples um, in the USA, so I've scheduled for their time zone. Um, I just finished a group course with couples from Saudi Arabia. And yeah, so it has, yeah, so that is one of my regular offerings now. And it's been amazing um, to share this course so expansively to, to couples in other countries. So what's the time input for one of your courses? Oh, well, there are a couple of different options. So it, it, in total, it's a 12 to 13-hour program. Um, and so if if it's on the Gold Coast, I have options where I teach over either two consecutive Saturdays, so we break it up over two Saturdays, mm-hmm. 
or two Sundays, or I do have an option where I can, I normally do it over four Thursday evenings. So they're like four times three hour sessions over four weeks. Um, and my online courses are four, three hour sessions over four Wednesday evenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So there's benefits to both, I guess, you know, it's nice to break it up, but then it's also, you know, for some couples, the weekends work better. Um, yeah. And then I've also got my prime, pr- sorry, private clients as well that I teach. Yeah. Perfect. So jumping back now to your daughter's birth, do you want to take us through that experience? Yeah, that was, uh, if I could do that birth again, I would do it in a heartbeat. Like it was just beautiful. It taught me a lot though, still about surrendering because I think I'd, you know, become this hypnobirthing practitioner. I'd had such a great birth with Harley. I went into labor at 39 weeks with him, but with Talia, um, we did have a little bit of a scare at 33 weeks where they thought I had preeclampsia, um, but then that all ended up being okay. And so I ended up just stopping work at like 34 weeks and went on maternity leave then because I didn't get that break with Harley. And I had all this time. And so as soon as it, I hit like 37 or maybe, maybe I did wait till 38 weeks, I was on this mission to bring this baby on and started really kind of obsessing about doing all of the natural induction methods of I was eating dates. I was going for a walk every morning on soft sand. I was using clary sage. I was going to acupuncture um, sometimes twice a day. I was doing acupuncture. (laughs) I was, you know, in my pool, like trying to do nipple stimulation. I was trying so hard because I wanted this home birth so bad. And everyone had said to me, oh, your second always comes earlier than your first. So I was like, that's awesome because I went into labor at 39 weeks with my first. Well, she had a different idea. Mm -hmm. She definitely was not ready at 39 weeks. She was not ready at 40 weeks. She did not, my labor did not start with her until 41 weeks um, on the dot. But yeah, and that for me was a real big lesson in realizing that I couldn't control the outcome and it wasn't until it was, I think I was about 40 weeks and three days and I just went, all right, I give up and I stopped doing everything and I just chilled out and I just sat on my ball and I watched movies and (laughs) I I just had to because I realized how much I was trying to control me going into labor and this is also a big lesson for us as women because we cannot control birth. Yeah, it's so hard. I found that a huge challenge with both of my pregnancies, trying to switch off and, you know, surrender mm. in those final few weeks. Well, it is when you've then got pressure. Yeah. If you've got your hospital saying, if you don't have this baby by 41 weeks, we have to have the talk. So yeah. I I get it. And, and this is where, you know, with what I teach in my classes is kind of getting – parents to kind of understand the system and getting them prepared to be like, you need to be prepared that the hospitals have policies. Okay. And these policies are set as like a one size fits all. But when you're prepared and you know your options, if you're having a normal, healthy, uncomplicated pregnancy, if you get to 41 weeks and everything is monitoring fine, 
you can advocate for yourself and you can ask to wait. And so I, I hope by when I share, I share a lot of my own story and client stories in my classes, which then the couples can really relate to because when when you can understand and go, all right, the hospital have to make these recommendations because that's what, you know, the policies and guidelines are set mm-hmm. and they work within those guidelines. But when you can approach your birth with knowledge, tools and techniques, knowing your options, that's when you can feel confident to advocate for yourself and be able to go, thank you, we hear you, we don't feel that we're ready for this yet, we would like to wait until 42 weeks or given more time or whatever that couple wants for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely do ha- try and get them to understand the system, the policies and what to expect so that it's not a shock and then that they're not feeling pressured, but they will then put the pressure on themselves yeah. <laughs> and we all do it. And I say there, I say, look, I'm going to say this to you, but I know that you will still go and, and try all the things and yeah. that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Because you know, we as humans, we are creatures of certainty. We like to be certain of outcomes when we're not certain of an outcome. That's when we tend to focus on worst case scenario. So if we can try and control any situation and birth is one of them, if there are gentle things that we can do, then we will do them regardless of what people say. I did it. I was a practitioner. I did it. And it didn't work. (laughs) So, you know, and you can only go through these experiences and learn for yourself sometimes so that, you know, maybe if you were to have another baby, you would hopefully look back and go look I'm just gonna not put that pressure yeah (laughs) (laughs) just quickly how big were both your babies um Harley was 3.3 kilos so seven pounds seven I think that was Mm -hmm. and then Talia was like eight pound 12 okay so she was but she was my easier um birth for sure um and her birth was quite short so I yeah I went into labor at 41 weeks with her uh, at about 4 a.m on a Saturday morning and she was born part by 10 to 11 in the morning so it was less than six hours from first surge to her being out and it progressed beautifully I could feel her moving through my pelvis I could just feel the power I did not once perceive my um, surges as painful with her because they weren't pain. They were just, it was like my body doing its job. The muscles were working like, whereas Harley, yes, I did perceive pain with him. Um, but it just progressed beautifully. I got in the water at 10 AM and yeah, she was born 50 minutes later. Um, and with my husband and my sister and my midwife there. Um, and it was, just euphoric and we had the most beautiful skin to skin after and I I got out my placenta um burst about I would say about half an hour after the birth so not long Mm -hmm. and then we literally just chilled out in bed and Damien made me a sandwich and it was just I don't know it was just like (laughs) another day like at home it was so my sister baked a cake during my labor like it was just so relaxed yeah and what about your placenta did you end up doing anything special with those um I I didn't for my first I didn't want to see it for for Harley I was like no way like (laughs) I don't I will hurl if I see something like that but after becoming a, a practitioner and a big birth nerd, then yes, I did end up encapsulating it with um with Talia. So Amazing. I found a um a lady in Rockhampton who actually drove 
the hour and a half down to pick up my placenta wow. um, when when I birthed her. So yeah, I did encapsulate that and I found that it really helped. I did not get the hormonal drop on day three like I did with Harley and it just gave me a lot more energy having a toddler and and a newborn. Um, I didn't take them religiously, um, but I still feel it really helped me for sure mentally and with energy. Yeah. And what mm. was your recovery like in comparison to your first birth? Um, well, I didn't tear for either babies. Um, I, um, had a couple of grazes for both, but nothing. Yeah. So to be honest, like I recovered great for both my births. Like I, I, there wasn't really a comparison to be honest. I mean, besides obviously having a toddler, like with, with Talia, but no, that it was, I think, I think with Talia, I felt more relaxed as a mother. I wasn't so highly strung, like thinking that she wasn't breathing, you know, what you do that first child and always make sure that they're, (laughs) that if they were in the bassinet where, you know, I, I would put Harley in the bassinet with, with Talia. I ended up co-sleeping with her, Mm -hmm. um, because I was confident in, in myself as a mother at that stage. And I was very lucky that breastfeeding also did not, you know, there was the challenges within the first week of just sore nipples and the latch and stuff like that, but ended up having a great breastfeeding relationship with both my babies. Yeah. So I was, I was, look, I feel very blessed that I did have two amazing births and my recovery was also um, for both amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did definitely do the work though and I prepared myself for both birth and postpartum, especially for my second. I wish I prepared for postpartum a little bit more for Harley. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more focused on the birth for him and but it still wasn't a bad experience though, like, you know, um, some – women do have a challenge, like it's really challenging the postpartum. So no, I think I I would couldn't really compare them. They're both they were, they were yeah. great. What were some of the things that you did to prepare for your postpartum second time around? Yeah, so I ended up getting a whole heap of herbs. So I um from Blissful Herbs. Um she's a the Melbourne doula, from the Melbourne doula and so I had a some postpartum I had uh, prenatal teas. I had a, a placenta tea. So nice. my sister steeped this tea as soon as Talia was born. And then I drank that to help birth the placenta. Yeah. Um, that kind of just helped with uterine con- like contractions after the birth to detach the placenta. I don't know if that's, I mean, it, it came out and I didn't bleed. So you don't know if it's because of that or not, because they they would never do studies on anything natural like that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I had a postpartum tea. And my second, I was aware of having a perineal, um, so th- she had a perineal care kit where, where you steeped these herbs, put it in this squirter bottle. So when you went to the toilet after and when you were weeing, you wouldn't sting as much, whereas no one told me about that for Harley. Yeah, so right. I... Um, yeah, I definitely learnt from my first with that. Um, and then I had my uh, placenta pills. Yeah. So that would have been the main difference. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. What key piece of advice would you give to any expectant mothers out there? I would say just educate yourself and know your options. In- invest in your experience. You-, you only get one opportunity to birth your baby. You know, you can take that pram or that cot back if you don't like it but you can't redo your birth and it's one day in your life that yeah it will you will always remember it so 
investing in yourself and caring for yourself mentally and physically during your pregnancy will make a huge difference in the outcome of your birth. Um, and look, I know that not all you know, hypnobirthing classes are available for for everyone, but there's so much free resources, you know, like these podcasts. Um, you know, I also have a podcast where I share free a lot of information on. Um, there's so much free, so many free resources out there that, and affordable resources too that you, if you really want to have a positive experience, you you do have to put some effort in and you do have to work work for it, you know, because giving birth is like running a marathon. Like you can't just expect to turn up to run a 42K marathon without doing any physical or mental training for that day. And birth is exactly the same. You know, it's about conditioning your mind and body for birth, understanding how fear affects your body. And that's everything that I teach basically uh, within the program. So yeah, look, it's, well, for me, it was the best investment that I ever made. Um, but I also do have more affordable options as well. You know, I, I do have, um, a, my own course, it's called journey to birth online course. This is not a hypnobirthing course though. It's just an introduction. Um, and me sharing kind of just basically an introduction to the physiology of birth and giving some basic techniques. Mm -hmm. And that's only $97. So I do have, I do have, you know, you can work with me in a whole heap of different ways, whether it be face-to-face, online, or um, even I've even got affirmations you can download for like $5. Yeah. So Amazing. Yeah. Can I ask what is the price range for your courses? Yeah. So the hypnobirthing, yeah. So the, the $97 journey to birth course is not hypnobirthing. So there's no hypnobirthing techniques or anything in that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just an introduction. Then there is the hypnobubs online course. So that course has not been created by me. I'm an affiliate of that program. It has been created by Melissa Spilstead. So that's, that's around $199. Mm-hmm. That's about six hour self-paced video tuition. But the gold standard of, of the program is the full 12-hour Hypnobirthing Australia Positive Birth Program. And that for my online is $550 or face-to-face, face-to-face is $595. But that's the 12-hour program for you and your birth partner. And you also get materials and I give you a little goodie bag with a whole heap of, of um, extra like resources in there for you. And we have an a whole online learning portal that you also get access to as well, which you will have access to for, as from what I understand for the rest of your life. So even if you then go on and have more babies, you'll still have all of those resources as well. Amazing. And what about the mothers that want to do just like a refresher course? Do you offer those? I do the refresher course only for um, clients who have done the full program before. Yeah. So Um, it, because that's what it is. It's just to, you've already learned all the techniques come back and, but yes, I do do refresher, um, refresh courses as well. And I do offer private one-on-one both online as well as private face-to-face, but, um, you do have to book well in advance for those. Cause I, I'm booked out for the rest of the year now with those, um, but yeah, I have, so this is what I do now full time. I literally sometimes teach for courses a month. Um, so I have so many different options available, um, that I'm sure I would, you know, can help anyone with. I even have a course specifically for cesarean birth as well. So that's a private course that's just with cesarean resources. We don't talk about natural birth. Mm -hmm. So again, it, 
it comes down to you as an individual and you as a couple, if you have, you know, I have taught singles, I've taught same sex couples. It's hypnobirthing is, is for everyone, Mm -hmm. but it's really, I think one thing that I just recommend is that, you know, if you are newly pregnant to just sit down and have a bit of a think about what you want and how you see or envisage your birth, but then making a bit of a, um, a strategy or a plan on going, okay, well, how are you going to achieve it? What's going to give you the best opportunity to coming out of your experience feeling positive and empowered and that you birth your baby in the way that you wanted, mm-hmm. whether that be vaginally, whether that be through intervention and induction or through cesarean, it doesn't matter. It's how you emerge from your birth that matters. Yeah, love that. Shari, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been so beautiful to connect with you. No, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for having me, Sky. That brings us to the end of today's show. How amazing is Shari? Head over to her Instagram page at belly to birth where you'll find a huge amount of information and tools you can use to arm yourself with knowledge. You can also find the link to her website in the show notes that gives you access to all of the courses and resources she has on offer. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think of today's show over on the PBA Instagram and I'll see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Yeah.